0: Coming up on Studos America, have liberals killed comedy forever with their woke agenda? I mean, pretty much, but there's a few hangers on that haven't totally sold out. I will speak with one of them tonight. And is Joe Biden a secret giant? Is Jimmy Carter secretly a garden gnome? We'll show you the picture and let you decide. And as things continue to improve with the pandemic, you think the government would be cheering us on as we return to regular life. You'd also be completely wrong. So let's get the facts straight and do impending doom.
1: Stew does America.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're all going to die. Welcome to Tuesday. Uh, Look, ever since this pandemic began, we've all been... Following the news it was so closely that we're basically driving ourselves insane. But once we got past the first few months of this, we've had a very continuous pattern, which has basically been Hey America, you're all going to die. It just keeps happening and happening and happening. And this messaging has been so consistent and so overwhelming. Americans have gone from scared at first to frustrated and angry to just rolling their eyes at it all. I mean, this happened back on March 29th. And I want to walk through the actual data here. This is our uh, chief of the CDC, head of the CDC, um, March 29th, telling us how terrible things were about to get.
2: When I first started at CDC about two months ago,
1: I made a promise to you. I would tell you the truth, even if it was not the news we wanted to hear now is one of those times when I have to share the truth and I have to hope and trust you will listen. I'm gonna pause here, I'm gonna lose the script, and I'm gonna reflect on the recurring feeling I have of impending doom.
0: Impending doom! Now that's March 29th, not March 29th, 2020, where like maybe the sense of impending doom might've been somewhat rational. I'm talking about March 29th, 2021. A sense of impending doom. Let's show you the chart of where it was on March 29th, 2021. Now, the United States of America was having about 64,000 cases back then on March 29th, 2021. What did the impending doom bring us? Let's see what the next uh, picture is. Today, we are at 50,000 Seven hundred and seven. So since the impending doom speech, cases have dropped from about 65,000 to 51,000, a drop of over 21%. That's not supposed to be the way impending doom works. Come on, guys, get your impending doom right. How about deaths? Deaths have been a problem as well, of course, in the United States on March uh, 29th when that was said. We were averaging 1,013 deaths a day. Now, hmm, a little lower. 722 deaths a day. So we've dropped from just over 1,000 to just over 700 a day. That's a drop of only of about 29%. 29% drop. Now, 29% drop is not impending doom. What is going on here? What has been missed? Why are we constantly being terrified by the government every turn of the road, yet we seemingly continually see, at least in the past few months especially, The numbers improve. Uh, Texas has also had this go on. Do you remember back in Texas, early March? Here's our governor,
1: Greg Abbott. For nearly a half a year, most businesses have been open either 75% or 50%. And during that time, too many Texans have been sidelined from employment opportunities. Too many small business owners have struggled to pay their bills. This must end. It is now time to open Texas 100%. Now,
0: once we did open up 100% here in Texas, you could notice the difference a little bit initially. Uh, maybe a few less people wearing masks. That has really accelerated, I would say, over the past uh, couple of months. Uh, I was at a, a Texas Rangers game this weekend, and at the game, You know, a lot of people not wearing masks after the game. You know, There's like a little bar next door, a big bar next door. Lots of people, no masks, everybody indoors. I mean, it was 2019 all over again. It felt exactly the same. I mean, that's really what it was. That's Texas. It's been that way for a while. We also saw when that announcement was made by Greg Abbott, we had other governors chiming in like the worst governor. Well, the second worst governor in America. Yeah, I gotta keep space for Andrew Cuomo, uh, Gavin Newsom, who's about to be recalled. He said it was absolutely reckless. Oh my goodness, uh, clutching the pearls a little bit for Gavin Newsom. He was very upset about that. Uh, then we had dumb Beto O'Rourke, who's a moron. He tweeted a death warrant for Texans. Add them to the 44,000 killed as he failed to confront a pandemic and botched the vaccine rollout and those who froze to death because he cares more about energy companies' profits than keeping Texans alive. Abbott is killing the people of Texas. Hmm. Again, these sort of warnings of impending doom. It's absolutely reckless. He's killing Texans. Well, what has happened since? Let's bring you back to the date of Beto's tweet. Uh, That was, what, March 2nd, was it? Let's see. Uh, March 2nd, here is the uh, chart. Uh, March 2nd in Texas. Uh, Cases, 6,000. Uh, 600 change there uh, every day we were featuring at that particular time. Absolutely reckless. He's killing Texans. What happened after that? Today we have a different number, 3,100 and change. From 6,600 per day to 3,100 per day, cases down 54% since dumb Beto chimed in. How about deaths in the state of Texas? How do those look? Beto chimes in, we're at 231 deaths per day. Where has that gone since, oh Beto? Ah, 250 deaths per day, down 78%. Is that impending doom? Is that absolutely reckless? Is the governor killing Texans? Hmm, seems like most of these predictions are a wee bit off. How about Florida? Do you remember this mega controversy? It's what health officials pleaded for the public to avoid. Crowded streets, bars and restaurants, fueling fears of a Super Bowl, super spreader event. The large gatherings unfolding as millions of Americans watch the game, many with those they don't live with as new variants spread across the country. Having Super Bowl events in households is exactly the setup for this set of variants to take a stronger hold. And unfortunately, unlike before, the viral spread will happen much faster. Much faster. This is exactly the setup for the spread to be terrible. They go on to say this variant's going to be much, much worse and kill many, many more people. But we can tell the story of this whole situation in just three headlines. Number one. Will the Super Bowl be a super spreader for COVID-19? Then, was the Super Bowl a super spreader? And finally, health officials say Super Bowl 55 events were not a COVID-19 super spreader in Tampa. Oopsie! This is good news, of course. We should be celebrating it, certainly not following it with more warnings of impending doom. But the Super Bowl was held in Florida on February 7th. How was Florida doing at that time? Have you picked up a pattern yet? 8,087 cases was the average on February 7th. Where are they today? 4,823. That's a drop of 40%. How about deaths? Deaths were at 175 per day. As you can see quite clearly in our palooza today, Conservators Unite. It's dropped from 175 to 50 six per day. That is a drop of 68%. To be clear, there have been times when the threat was actually much larger than we thought it was. There were times when the public officials were underselling what we were facing. Remember, and you know, we all look back and joke and we say, hey, what happened to two weeks to flatten the curve? Remember that? We flattened the curve a long time ago. And I get that. There's certainly a lot of truth to it. But let me bring you back to the original flatten the curve chart from Trump's White House. Here it is. Remember the stupid thing? Don't you wish you never had to see it again? Well, I'm showing it to you anyway. We have to fit in as many charts as possible on this show. It's part of our Constitution. The Constitution, if you will. Uh, The chart says if we flatten the curve, we will as many, a maximum, as many as 240,000 people could die. Well, we're at basically 600,000 in this country right now. Even the most skeptical counts are considerably north of 240,000 at this point. All of this has sucked. And I can understand some public official thinking, hey, I don't I don't want to say it's over because then, you know, what if there's another flare up? Then Stu Does America is going to do me. And no one wants to be done by Stu. Trust me on that. They're going to go through all my stupid predictions if I say that. And I get that instinct. And of course, you are right. I will do you. But still, it's better to just be honest with people. Stop trying to scare them to death. Just level with us. Look, everybody, this hasn't gone away. You could still get it. And if you do, you could pass it to someone else and they could die. You could die. Until you get the vaccine, please continue to be careful. But if you've had COVID already, or if you've had the vaccine, don't continue to be careful. Be carefree. Live your life. Hug your relatives. Sneeze whimsically in each and every direction. Have massive amounts of promiscuous sex with strangers you just met. Whatever you want, let it fly. The message from our government and health officials should not be impending doom, but impending freedom. Live like an American again. If you've been one of these lockdown states, you might not even remember how to do that anymore. But to quote Mickey from the documentary Rocky three, what do you mean you don't know what to do after all these years together? You don't know what to do. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Now get out there and do it. Now I'm gonna have to watch Rocky three for the 5,000th time. I'm sorry about that. Trying to buy or sell a home right now? Yeah, kind of weird, right? I mean, you know, people coming into your house, there's, I mean, you're not allowed to go to like a restaurant with other people, uh, yet people are coming into your house and looking around, snooping around your, uh, your goodies. Look, it can be a weird time to do this stuff, but the market's doing really well right now. If you want to sell your house, this might be a great time to do it. If you're going to do it, however, make sure you have somebody who's really gone through all of this process and understands how to sell a house in these times. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find that person. Glenn started this company a long time ago in much better times. easier to sell a house, uh, but he was having problems with his real estate agent. And now we're at a time where the market is going crazy. You're going to be able to probably sell your house, but are you going to get the most money for it? Why are you going to leave 5, dollars $15,000 on the table? You might be able to get even more. Maybe there's just an adjustment, one or two adjustments that can help the house really shine for a showing. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find the agent who knows the little tricks of the game. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. Realestateagentsitrust.com. I am so incredibly happy to welcome back to the program, Jack Helmuth, co-host of the very funny podcast, Questionable Material, with Jack and Brian. You should absolutely subscribe to it, like right this second. Go do it, Jack. So good to see you, man. How's it going,
2: Stu? It's so good, man. How are you? Really, really good,
0: man. I love the podcast, as I've told Brian as well. You guys are really, really funny together, and it uh, it's it's a great it's a great one to listen to because it just it distracts me from the hellscape we currently live in.
2: Thank you. You know, it actually means a lot that you like it so much. Um, it really made my day when I heard what a fan you were, because um, I don't know, you're a funny person and it means a lot that you listen. So thank you. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's and talk. By a little- the way, you look sharp. You look sharp. <laughs> uh, how's the Reservoir Dogs uh, reboot going? It's it's
0: going well. It's the fat <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. That's the that's oh. what we're going for. Uh, the, at the post covid fat Reservoir Dogs. It's the one where you beg to be shot at the end. Uh, uh, So let's uh, let's let's talk about the state of comedy here for a second. Yes, because I've been watching uh, this build up to Elon Musk doing Saturday Night Live this weekend. You worked at Saturday Night Live uh, back in the day. Um, You know, it seemed to me to be a place that. Was always exploring the edges and pushing as far as they could go in a really creative environment. Didn't always hit home runs, but had some real amazing successes over the years. And I've watched it a few times recently, and I don't even think they're trying for comedy anymore. What is going on?
2: Well, I mean, it, it's not just Saturday Night Live. It, it's really it's late night TV has changed to the point where it's almost unrecognizable. Um, hmm. you, there are a few issues that that happened along the way. First, with Saturday Night Live, you know, it, it always was uh, punk rock, you know, front cover of Rolling Stone magazine, very punk, very hip, very um, edgy. And they would have political stuff, but, you, you know, they always made, it was fairly even. Now, some people may not believe that. It, it, it's it worked well because Democrats always were like you guys are secretly Republican we can tell and Republicans <laughs> were like oh you're clearly all libtards <laughs> and so it's like okay that must mean they're doing something right you know they're they're being um, they're being somewhat even handed and you know they had all those famous you know sketches back in the day with um, you know Dukakis Bush and they were written by Jim Downey a conservative and Al Franken a liberal and so they really smart guys who were really funny and they they found interesting things to do. Recently, um, starting with Donald Trump, look, it, it all starts with Donald Trump in the way that the entertainment industry has overreacted to um, to his presidency, to his ascendancy, to uh, the th- the sort of anger towards white males sometimes, which mm-hmm. I know sounds um, self serving, but you know uh, it, it is what it is. There's none of that sort of fun gleam in your eye like when Saturday Night Live would do. A Trump piece, right? It was Alec Baldwin, and you could tell, I mean, it was, he he oozed bile. And that's not a knock on Alec, but on his portrayal of Trump, it was just full of hate. There was no, no no fun. There was no fresh take. There was no nothing interesting. SNL should always make fun of the president. Comedy should always make fun of the president, whoever it is, right? When I was at Center Night Live, ninety seven to two thousand, every cold open we did was about Bill Clinton. He's a cad. He's a cheeseburger eating monster. You know, <laughs> everyone couldn't wait for the Lewinsky scandal. Like we were off the air for two weeks, and like America was like, we can't wait for them to do this. yeah. yeah. And now it's and now it's just. You know, I, I got into an argument with a friend about this when, when Trump won the election, and they had Kate McKinnon come on as Hillary Clinton, do like Amazing Grace, like a sad song at oh, the piano. It's like, yes. what is? This. yeah like i get it you didn't want him to lose but what's your point of view what's your take what's something funny or interesting why are you doing this other than I, boo i'm sad yeah. shut up
0: yeah be it, funny it really really did hit that i mean i think that glenn has at times referred to it as clapter instead of laughter they're no longer going for the laugh they're going for that like moment where everyone on the liberal side just goes yes you said the thing that i saw tweeted earlier and i love it that is not comedy, man. That is, that's just, I mean, in,
2: in a way it's a rally. Stu, that's exactly right. It's people just hearing the things they already believed uh, to begin with when they walked in the audience and recognizing it. It's, just, it's like an audience, it's like a comedian who goes like, Hey, anyone from Cleveland here? And they're like, Whoa, they said my hometown. <laughs> it's the same thing. Like they said my liberal belief. Yay. Clapter. I was going to use the word cause I didn't know if you guys knew clapter. Clapter is what you do for, for our audience instead of laughing which is what you used to want to do in a monologue. When you would tell jokes, you would want to have a laugh. Instead, <laughs> now it's, it's oh, I agree, I agree, I agree.
0: Yeah, I, that's, it's, it's like the equivalent of like a like on Facebook, right? You're just kind of like showing gen- – we're, we're in the same boat together, and I love that. Um, that. There's that problem, and I think that's a big part of it, right, where there's just – Especially since Trump. I mean, it's always been sort of a tilt against uh, Republicans, but I mean, I've always been able to deal with that since Trump. It's really got out of control. Another, I I think, separate problem from this is this sort of approach of the ultra woke society where even if you're making the right point, you still might get thrown off the air because uh, you if you use the wrong word, if you diminish someone, it, you know, I mean, like I, I've seen this already with people with Caitlyn Jenner running for governor in uh, California. If you say the wrong thing about Caitlyn Jenner, even though Caitlyn Jenner is a Republican, you might still get hit because this idea of you can't say the wrong thing is is in, it infested itself and, and, and enter, entered comedy, which is the one place it should never be. <laughs>
2: That's absolutely right. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner is a perfect point. You know, Bill Maher told three Caitlyn Jenner jokes in a row, Caitlyn Jenner jokes in a row on his show Mm. um, uh, two Fridays ago. and, And, you know, it was all over all the Vox and all those ridiculous websites, you know, transphobic jokes. Hey man, it's a joke. This person's in the public life. He's not afraid of of Caitlyn Jenner as a trans person. He's just telling a joke. Michael Che, the the co-host of Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live, which we're talking about, um, you know, sort of has the belief that you should make fun of one of everybody every day. Make fun of a trans person, a straight person, a gay person, a black person, a white person. Just. And then we can all come together through comedy. Comedy is where we can sort of like let our guard down and laugh at each other and actually unite. You know, people talk about wanting to unite. We should be using comedy to unite, to, to take some of the air out of all of us. And instead, it has become this um, this quest to find things that we're offensive about, to go through old tweets from 10 years ago, to find, um, you know, an episode of 30 Rock where a, a character was in blackface to satirize blackface. But right, you can't right. do that now. Now, now, now Tina Fey is as uh, an enemy of the woke because she dared have a satirization of blackface. Like it, it's just it's, it makes no sense. Yeah. You know, I think there was always uh, you, know,
0: you go back to, you know, the Hogan's heroes, right? You're talking about yes. Nazis. They're mocking Nazis. The producers. Right. You go back to that. They're mocking the, that whole situation. And comedy like seems to want to strip out one of its most effective uh weapons which is looking at someone saying something similar to what they believe and showing the absurdity of it and that is defeated movements that is that has eliminated terrible people from our society at least in public standing because when you're able to come out and satirize them and hammer them and show how ridiculous their views are that's incredibly effective and now the the, the comedians don't want to use that anymore
2: Stu, that is it's such a perfect point yet again. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, two, two, two thoughts on that. One, um, oh boy, it, it's it, it, just, it just it makes me so sad to see this uh, taken away. This this effective tool of of satirization. Um, uh, oh boy, my points. Um, <laughs> I had both of them flashed in. I was so amped up to, to answer that question um, because it's because it, this is my life. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is my, my way of living. And it's it's all changed in the last five years. Comedy is unrecognizable to me anymore. And it really makes me sad. So the first point I was going to make is if you take a look at the, um, the priests abusing uh, kids mm-hmm. now comedians you heard those jokes a thousand times to the point that now if you tell a priest you know diddling little boys joke everyone rolls their eyes because it's like oh that old joke again Sure. like find something new but you know what it affected change we mocked a, a an element that was problematic and eventually change occurred the the you know it, through re- good reporting sure and through comedy we mm-hmm. were able to Show that this is a problem, but if you did the same thing for Sharia law, if you did something on a religion where it's like, "Hey, here's some jokes about some other problematic behavior," it would not, it would not be okay. So it's yeah. like you you have to follow certain sets of rules, and it's it's it, mind numbing. Yeah,
0: the, the, the weird that's the weird thing is like you know there are two part there are two really distinct problems here. You're right, like the, the, you can't satirize a chosen group the correct way. But, like, you know, I'll give you an example. I was rewatching. watching um, it's, it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which I love, yeah. and I'd gone through all the seasons, and you go back even just a few seasons ago, they were doing and saying things that were so offensive and so right up against the line, but always in the spirit of saying, look, these people are idiots. They're terrible people in every way, and let's laugh at them acting terribly because people who act this way are terrible. And that was a great effective way of getting that message across. I don't know, I mean, I, they're still doing the show. I'm sure they'll do as much of that as they can, but they've pulled multiple episodes off of the streaming services because right. of their mockery. Blackface was one of the same things too. Again, mocking racists with a negative use of blackface is not racism, but it doesn't matter anymore. No one wants to hear it, no one wants to see the nuance, and it's going to
2: kill comedy. You're totally right. And and what we've lost is the sense of everyone wants comedians to punch down. Right. Um, I'm sorry to to punch up. Right. Right. You want to you want to mock the people in power. So you mock your boss, you mock your president, you mock your parents even. Mm-hmm. You know, that's is sort of the acceptable thing. The people in power and you and you poke fun at the people in power. But now as a society, we can't agree which way is up. Right. We can't figure out who's right. in power. Is Are the people in power? Is it. The Trump White House? or is it the people who are saying you can't say certain things, you can't tweet certain things, you can't have certain thoughts, um, that J.K. Rowling is a transphobe? Any of these <laughs> um, right? any of these things, which way is up anymore? So if you make fun of the people who are suppressing free speech, you're going to be labeled problematic. but in fact, those that is punching up.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, I, you see this with white supremacists. I think now, I mean, I, as I, you know, as I was growing up, I remember, you know, people would mock white supremacists as just a bunch of idiots, right? They were mm-hmm. a bunch of yes. idiots. They were yes, they were bad, but mainly they were a bunch of idiots, and we laughed at them. That's how they were dealt yes. with. And that's now, true. because you know, 42 of them show up in Charlottesville or whatever it is, serious a serious problem. That's a really bad set of views, and, and none of us like it. But instead of just laughing at it and mocking it, we've now almost empowered these people to become this like secondary party in our real political debates. And I don't know, I can, it's completely insane. Is that, is that the right way to look at this?
2: Yes, it, it's, it's absolutely insane. Uh, you know, it's also insane now that late night comedians feel this need every time there's any tiny national tragedy and a, a tragedy is a tragedy. Yeah. But I don't go to late night comedy to, to have, to be spoken to about the tragedy. I right. just watched that on the news at 11. Okay, I want to now not think about that. I want to unwind before bed. I want to have a laugh. But now there's this feeling that, oh, there was a, sh- a shooting, so I must say something. Mm. What? Yeah. Who cares? You're a comedian. You know, go <laughs> no slip on a banana, dummy.
0: Yeah, well, this, is, this, is, uh, this is permeating everywhere. I mean, this is sports as well. You know, every single time you watch a basketball game, you got to be lectured about some shooting you did not commit. I mean, if I committed a shooting, yes, lecture me. If I just shot some random person in the street, I understand if you want to be critical of me, LeBron James. But, like, I didn't do it. So I understand. I came here to watch basketball. Everyone has has the right to their opinion. But this is seemingly forced on these leagues um, and forced on these these individual players. And I don't think it improves. Uh, I don't even think it improves things at all. It just gets people frustrated with everything.
2: Yeah, well, there's so, everyone wants to lecture, everyone wants to teach, and no one wants to entertain. That's why the Oscars are getting 10 million people instead of 100 million. I yeah. mean, it it's just, it's this humorless, uh, vacant, joyless life. It is just so yeah. frustrating, um, you know, and, and no one wants to be lectured on late night. It's just, it, it's crazy to me. And now Saturday Night Live is getting in trouble for daring to book Elon Musk, Because he said some things that we didn't like
0: and he's too rich. (laughs) I don't even understand the Elon Musk part of this. Elon Musk is a guy. Yes, he's very rich. However, he is a man who is literally building spaceships because he thinks global warming is that bad. This is not some right wing conservative icon. He said a few conservative things here and there, I guess. I guess maybe he's in trouble because he was a little too on the skeptical side of COVID or whatever the reason is. But like you're telling me you can't go out there and 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 do a couple sketches with this guy. I mean, it's absurd. He's smoking joints with
2: Joe Rogan. (laughs) Like I mean, but here is like what do you do if you're booking a comedy show? Are you trying to make. Trying to get the same boring actor, the same Marvel actor doing the same boring stuff. Or, do, or do, can you cast someone interesting? Can you cast an interesting sports person, a wrestler, a um, a politician? You know, John McCain, Rudy Giuliani, lots of people have hosted Center Live, and those are memorable episodes. Sha- uh, uh, Shaq, Michael Jordan, uh, yeah. Charles Barkley, Jeter was a great episode, Peyton Manning, really interesting a- array of people. And I'm sorry, but Elon Musk is one of the three most interesting people in America. Yes. He is trying, like you said, he is trying to go to Mars. <laughs> That I, I'm sorry, but like, you know, uh, uh, Paul Rudd is not as interesting as that. No, I love Paul Rudd. he's hilarious. <laughs>
0: yeah, but you're right. I mean, it's just a totally different thing. And like some of those episodes sort of flop, but I want to I'm going to be there watching it because I want to know if it's going to be a catastrophe or if it's going to be funny or what it's going to be. It's brought back that same energy you talked about at the beginning. I want to know what they're going to say. I want to know what's going to happen. I haven't said that about Saturday Night Live in a long time.
2: Yes. And that's that means it's working. That means for all the whining about, you know, Bo and Yang and all these people sort of saying that. um, And I'll do respect to these people, but, you know, all these people whining about Elon Musk, like it worked. Everyone has talked about it for like a week. They announced this like a week ago and people are still it's like a headline every day. That's a tremendous booking. You want buzz. You want people listening, watching, whatever, whatever it is. You want people paying attention to you. This is what it was before. Clickbait. Just having interesting people on your TV shows. <laughs> yeah. Back in the
0: day. Remember those days, Jack. Oh, I can tell you this. Vaguely. Every week, I always look to see what Jack and Brian are going to talk about on Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Their podcast is available right now. Make sure to go over and subscribe to it. Uh, don't miss it. It's, it's a lot of fun. Jack, thanks so much for doing this, man. I appreciate
2: it. Thank, thanks. Thanks, It's so good to see you, man. So good to see you. Back in a second. Thanks.
0: Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to do America with me. Really appreciate it. We're having a lot of fun. I hope you are too. And the fun continues over on my Instagram page at Stu Does America. Be sure to give me a follow for exclusive content and the link in the bio will take you to all of our episodes absolutely free and help save the conservative media from the jaws of the woke mob. You can join the fight by getting a Blaze TV account. Head to blaze.tv.com/stew and enter the promo code Stew, because that's how they know you like this stupid show, and you'll save ten bucks. You know we hear all the time. We just got to do something. Got to do something. We got to stop talking about it. We got to do something. You're watching. You're watching that in action. Uh, this is something that Glenn Beck. I uh, want to. Gosh, how long ago was this? 100 years ago, whenever he decided to start this stupid thing, uh, he said, you know, we got, got to do something. We can't just sit here and, and do the things we've been doing this whole time. We need to actually get out there and create something new. And this is, a, this is that venture. This has now turned into the biggest uh, conservative s- subscription site in the world. Uh, It's a big deal. It has a lot of influence now. And that's because of you. I mean, this show, I mean, whatever, I'll just say what I have to say. But there's lots of people here who hold lots of influence and move politicians, move politics, make real change in this country. Um, And thank you so much for being a part of that. And if you can subscribe at blazetv.com slash do, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, But if not, hey, just keep watching. That's totally fine, too. Um, Let me tell you about Joe Biden. And (laughs) I can't get over this picture. I have to at least spend a second on it. Joe Biden, Dr. Jill Biden, and then the Carters met up. And this picture is the result. And I don't understand what's happening. Either Joe Biden looks like he's nine foot four or Jimmy Carter looks like he's one foot four. I don't I don't know what is going on. Why do they look so tiny? They're adorable. Those are adorable Carters. Don't you want a Carter like that for your house? I do. I just want to give it a big hug i don't dr jill looks like she's you know, she's like a lumberjack in this photo i don't understand what's happening are they on a like a slanted floor like one of those ripley's believe it or not museums and like you can't tell the perspective of the photo you know someone said to me earlier uh you know i don't know i mean i know when you get older you sort of shrink you don't shrink that much it's not like 80 percent shrinkage you don't start out 6-2 and end up 2-6 that's not how this works I what is is anyone explain this is there an explanation out there? I want to know if there's an explanation on this photo. Uh, t- tweet it to me, at uh, Studos America. And I just, maybe maybe there is one. I just don't understand it. It doesn't look possible to me. It, do- it doesn't look possible to me. Um, let me give you this. This is a, a new ad. I have my, oh, where's my, got my mug drawer over here. Got this one right here. Anyone else for Governor. And that's the thing. It's kind of it's kind of started as a Gavin Newsom idea, but I guess you could have it for any crappy governor you might have. But Gavin Newsom potentially being recalled, there's going to be like a thousand candidates on the on the ballot, and I think California's just like just please no more Gavin. Please, no, don't. Please don't give me the guy from American Psycho. Anything, anybody but a guy who's murdering people while listening to Huey Lewis in the news. Can we at least get that out of this candidate? Um, So anyone else for governor might be tested by you. Um, Caitlyn Jenner is kind of the lead opposition candidate, it seems right now. I haven't really heard anyone else except the possibility of Randy Quaid. I don't know what party Randy would be in, though. So here's the first ad from the Caitlyn Jenner campaign.
1: California is facing big hurdles. Now we need leaders who are unafraid to leap to new heights. General, he does not want to record in this race. He wants the world record. Who are unafraid to challenge and to change the status quo. I want to prove that it is absolutely possible if we only do it together. California, it's time to reopen our schools, reopen our businesses reopen the Golden Gates. So I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, I'm ready to be governor for all Californians. To reclaim our true identity, to bring back the gold to the Golden State. I want a tremendous victory. Now is the time to achieve that summit, to be the shining city on the hill. And together, we'll restore and renew the California dream. It's about what happens from here. It's not just about one person. It's about all of us.
0: I mean, it's not a terrible ad. Uh, you know, it's pretty good, I guess. You know, I mean, look, I don't, I don't live in California. If you do, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for you. Look, California has some great things in it. I don't. California to me is almost like a fantasy league, though. Like, I don't really. I kind of, I kind of just. I the, the, it's just amazing to watch. Let's put it that way. I will say um, I totally want the first trans governor to be a Republican just so I can say it every single time. Some annoying liberal says I'm transphobic uh, because when I like, you know, I'm like, hey, you know what? I think taxes should be five percent lower. We well, are transphobic. So when that happens, I want to say Kayla Jenner and then we can all get in a fight. Um, I was a little concerned, though, listening to that spot uh, about a minute in or 30 seconds in there. They're showing footage of Caitlyn Jenner, and then they say he broke the world record. I mean, did Caitlyn Jenner misgender himself? Or herself? Did he deadname, did she deadname himself? I don't know how all this stuff works, but I definitely want Caitlyn Jenner to win now. Um, Also because I just know, it's the only other candidate I know of other than Gavin Newsom. So I do want Caitlyn Jenner to win at this point. I don't know. Would you? It's it's a I will say there's a there's a there's a message that connects, I think, with people in California. Hey, open the freaking state up. How about some lower taxes? How about some lower regulation? There's some basics out there that, you know, that you might like from Caitlyn Jenner. We'll see who else winds up running and who might be the best choice. The last poll I saw was very close with Gavin Newsom on the brink of being thrown out of office. We'll continue to follow it. You can get your mug at Studosmerch.com. It says anyone else, anyone else for governor. Back in a second. <laughs> this spring, as you get back outdoors to explore, take bespoke posts on all of your adventures with a new lineup of essential box of awesome collections for guys. Uh, This is guaranteed to upgrade your life if you don't know what the box of awesome is they've got everything barware grooming goods cooking tools outdoor gear all sorts of cool stuff pretty much if you like something. They've got something to match your like uh, over at uh, boxofawesome.com. You go to the uh, website, boxofawesome.com, take the quiz to get started, and they will they will help you kind of like pick which one is right for you. New boxes come out every month across a bunch of different categories. Free to sign up. You can cancel or skip a month at any time. So you're not like locked in for 100 uh, years of this. You can really just come in and out. If You, you might say, ah, this one looks pretty cool. That one, eh, not so much. I'm going to skip a month. They're fine with it, they're they're laid back. Uh, Each box costs only $45, but it has over $70 worth of gear inside. And I will say, I've, I've seen many of these boxes. I've never seen one that actually only had $70 worth of stuff in it. They always tell me to say that because I guess that's the absolute minimum, but I always see it as much, much more than that. You get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code STEW at checkout. Boxofawesome.com. The code is STEW for 20% off your first box. All right, welcome back. Uh, Dogecoin is up to 50 something cents. It hit 57 or 58 earlier today, which is completely insane. If I, to give you any perspective on this, it was 0.2 cents a year ago. So if you invested thousand dollars about a year ago in Dogecoin, you now have a quarter of a million dollars. Lots of people are millionaires off of this jokey cryptocurrency, possibly related to the idea that, as we talked about earlier on the program, Elon Musk is going to be on Saturday Night Live, and he seems to be the heartbeat of this currency. Like, he tweets about it, and it goes up. Doesn't tweet about it, it goes down. That's kind of the way the currency works in it. And look, it sounds more legitimate than our dollar right now. Uh, so, anyway, Dogecoin has now broken into Major League Baseball. If, for example, you wanted to see a game uh, coming up this week um, with the Oakland A's against America's team, the Toronto Blue Jays, you can, for the first time, Pay with Dogecoin. Yes, there you go. Um, my guess is the A's are probably just taking the Dogecoin and converting it back to dollars. But still, uh, we'll take it anyway. It's good to see cryptocurrency spreading a little bit. Although the Dogecoin thing, I don't know how that long that's going to last, uh, folks. Uh, I've had a little fun with it. You know, I've had a little fling with Dogecoin. Don't feel like I'm married to it though. I feel like there's a, just a little. It's a, it's a crazy weekend. Look, we got out, we did some stuff. Uh, you hope no one took any photos. Uh, that's about it with Dogecoin, okay? Um, and you hope you don't get a disease later on. That's just the way that works. Uh, a, a pretty interesting story from the Derek Chauvin trial here. Uh, one of the jurors uh, has had a photo surface of, of him. His name is Brandon Mitchell, also known as Juror52. He's very uh, clear uh, that, uh, you know, of course, he obviously was going to take this uh, seriously and did not. Um, he was not a, uh, not a not a not a not didn't have one side or the other on this. He's going to look at it fairly. Uh, well, he had a he was at a protest with a shirt that said, get your knee off our necks. That does not exactly seem like a independent juror. So we'll see if that actually affects the verdict. They obviously got 11 other people to agree with this verdict, so um, it may or may not kick it off. But I mean, you know, I'm sure the lawyers are going to push on it. And before we go, uh, we have a former President Trump has launched a new communications platform um, called "From the Desk of Donald J. Trump." Um, It looks like a social media feed. The page is headlined "From the Desk of Donald J. Trump" includes statement from Trump. Okay, this is just a website that's just that's what a website does you type things on it and people can see them and they can tweet them if they want but that's what's been what's being described here is not a is not a new communications platform it's a website that's great i'm glad donald trump has a place to type his thoughts but that's just a website i don't know why it's being promoted like as a new communications platform i don't understand why he didn't do this at the beginning the funny thing about this is People who say Donald Trump needs to be banned from social media, the second he posts something on his own site, they just tweet it. So they're just tweeting all the words he would have put on Twitter, but they're tweeting it themselves, which makes them guilty and they should all lose their accounts. Back in a second. Look, there's a lot of uh, fatness going on in the COVID-19 era. And as that comes to a close, summer's approaching, you might wanna get in a little bit of better shape, you know, Uh, but you don't wanna sacrifice taste. Built Bar is here. Built Bar is gonna change your life. It's gonna change the way you think about protein bars. It's high in protein, yes. It's high in fiber, yes. It's low in calories, yes. It's low in carbs, yes. However, it actually tastes good. They go for taste first and it comes in a bunch of great flavors. I'm gonna give you a few. Coconut almond, coconut, double chocolate, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, raspberry, cookies and cream, and Cherry Garcia, which actually is a parody of Cherry Garcia, which actually is a parody of Jerry Garcia. That's just just so you know. That wasn't in the copy, but I just wanted to let you know. Built Bar is the answer for your, your need for great tasting snacks, meals, whatever you want that actually aren't gonna make you a fatty. BuiltBar.com, that's not their slogan by the way. BuiltBar.com, Stew15 is the uh, promo code. Save 15% off your next order. Use the promo code Stew15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. It's BuiltBar.com. So thank you so much for hanging around to the last break of the show. This makes you part of the Cool Kids Club. Cool kids gather here and uh, I do appreciate it. Uh, You can subscribe at blazetvcom slash Stew. Promo code is Stew for 10 bucks off your subscription. Um, also, uh, we have the podcast you should go subscribe to. Why haven't you subscribed to the audio podcast of this show yet? Please do that. Even if you never listen to it, just click subscribe. It makes me feel better, makes the world a better place. We also, uh, this past Friday, put up the audio version of The Power Hour, which is a, quite a freaking adventure. So if you go to the podcast feed or on YouTube, you can check out The Power, uh, power Hour anytime. Uh, absolutely at your leisure uh, so I want to tell you a story before we leave. Uh, this is bizarre. A, a, a French guy uh, in, actually, it was a Belgian farmer on the Belgian-France uh, border, uh, was trying to get his tractor through this one area. There's a stone in the way. Moved the stone like seven feet, went on his way. Later on, historians walk in through the area and notices the stone has been moved seven feet and realizes that apparently uh, this is officially how they keep track of the border between France and Belgium. So the border actually made, moved, the stone moved, and it moved the border. So now Belgium is bigger and France is smaller. Uh, they actually say if he doesn't move it back, they may have to have a Franco-Belgian border commission summoned, which has been dormant since 1930. I know the governments of both countries are kind of taking it lightly, lightly but like, let's, let's say something good about the farmer who made France a little bit smaller.